Vancouver Canucks close out their six-game National Hockey League preseason with a 3-1 win over the Calgary Flames on Friday night at Rogers Arena. Got the start they were looking for, some depth scoring too, and now it's on to the regular season. And starting next Wednesday night against Edmonton, they will begin playing for keeps. This is Rinkwide Vancouver. It's brought to you by Bodog. Jeff Patterson along with Matt Sakaris. Not a perfect performance. Didn't have to be. It's preseason, but I do think there are things that Rick Tockett's going to like about this one, particularly the way that the Canucks closed out the Calgary Flames, holding the visitors to just four shots on goal in a third period when Calgary was down two. You thought that they would be pushing and pressing to get back in the hockey game, and in the end, the Canucks just didn't give them much, and Calgary took a late penalty. Jacob Markstrom uh, with a chop on Connor Garland that uh, put the Canucks on a late power play. They didn't score there. They didn't have to. And they do win this one by a score of 3-1. So they finish the preseason with two victories, both on home ice, both against Alberta opponents. They go 2-3-1 and one in their six exhibition outings. And uh, this was pretty close to a dress rehearsal, Matt. Uh, there may be some tweaks and there may be mm. Uh, they may be forced to make a lineup choice uh, based on the situation with Carson Soucy. We'll certainly touch on that. But all things considered, I think Rick Tockett was looking for things, and I think he probably saw a bunch of the things that he wanted to see from his hockey club in this one. Yeah, I think the Carson Soucy injury is the big headline here, Jeff. We'll see how he is. It looked terrible the way he went down with that left leg pinned beneath Calgary Sharon Govich. He looked like he was in pain on the bench and then taken to the room, didn't return for the third. So this is a situation that bears watching because we all know what the defense um, is. We know what it isn't. And of course, you know, we went into this weekend wondering, are the Vancouver Canucks going to be on the waiver wire or trying to make a deal to find Quinn Hughes a partner? I think for the most part, I agree with you. I think Rick Tockett is going to like a lot of what he saw here tonight, particularly the fourth line with Bluger, Oman, and Studnika. Teddy Bluger has been extraordinary on the penalty kill, and that penalty kill continues to look really good, Jeff. And defensively overall, I thought this was a pretty good effort for the Vancouver Canucks. Demko's toughest save comes in the third period. A lot of good saves, but not necessarily any five-alarm saves. I went in this game with three storylines. Number one, dress rehearsal question mark. Were we going to see more experimentation or was this going to be something close to the real thing with static lines and defense pairs going into Wednesday in the home and regular season opener? As we know, this team has to get off to a good start. It's been two brutal Octobers in a row. Once again, an imperfect preseason and training camp, Jeff, no practice facility. The building hasn't been most available. And I, I was struck by Rick Tockett's comments this morning that it's nice to get here in our building and, quote, settle down a little bit. So for the most part, I think we can call this a dress rehearsal. There wasn't a ton of experimentation. The defense pairs were pretty static until the Susie injury, same as the forward combination. So you have to wonder, is this what he's anticipating rolling out on Wednesday? Offshoot of dress rehearsal, Houston for Hirona. First time we've seen it. It took them to the last preseason game to put their two best lefty-righty defensemen together. So is that for real? Was it more experimenting? Does the Carson Soucy injury have any impact on that pairing? And then lastly, the bubble guys. And as we've already mentioned, Oman and Stanika, I think, have to feel pretty good about their game tonight and how it elevated their chances. I'm less sure about Noah Julson. He was... Uh, he was he was active in terms of hitting, he made a nice pass, but I thought that was their weakest defense pair, Susie and Jolson. 
And then if you're Nils Oglander watching this from up top, Jeff, I do wonder what you think about your chances of getting in there on Wednesday or of being the 13th forward. Yeah, I looked over my shoulder. Uh, he was in the back row of uh, the press box and uh, looked a little forlorn, quite frankly. Uh, he and Guillaume Brisbois up there as spectators while the rest of this team went about its business. And Rick Tockett said, you know, he wouldn't be held to the fact that this was uh, a dress rehearsal and, and his opening night lineup, but uh, there is a method sure to like the it. madness. Yeah. And I think he wanted to see some things. Now, some of the things that he was looking for, Connor Garland had this great opportunity to leave a lasting impression on the final night of the preseason. I don't think he did anything with it, quite frankly, on that line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. He drew the late penalty we talked about. But Connor Garland, you're playing in that position, and you come out of the night with an empty stat line, not a single shot attempt, and maybe expect that the other guys are going to have the puck on their stick a little bit more than he would, but just not sure. We know that he's an independent contractor, and in his Two seasons here in Vancouver, he's had trouble establishing chemistry with just about anybody because he is a unique player, but I just don't know that he's the fit. And I guess yeah. he remains a placeholder. Ilya Mikheyev can't get back soon enough at this stage of the proceedings, but uh, still not cleared for contact. So the thought that he's going to be ready for opening night, I think is probably wishful thinking on the part of the Canucks, but who knows? He's been involved in practices all week, and yeah. maybe this is all part of the plan. Whatever the case, I can't imagine that the plan moving forward is Connor Garland no. on the line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Jeff, he's just so unorthodox, he drags down skilled players, and that's why I think you cannot have him in the top six, either on the Pedersen line or on the Miller line. He made a nice defensive play in the third period where he forced Noah Hannafin out of the zone. Uh, of course, he made a more difficult defensive play earlier in the game. Second period, Coronado beats him uh, through center ice and, and gets a mild chance out of it. But yeah, an awfully quiet game for a guy who started with fantastic real estate beside Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Frankly, that line was kind of quiet all night. Yeah. So was the suitor Beauvillier-Joshua line, although Beauvillier with a late chance. I saw his coursey. Yeah. was excellent. But you tell me, Jeff, do you think Beauvillier helped himself tonight? Because he was down in the, in the on the third line, and he has been mostly in the top six through camp. I'm not sure he necessarily helped himself. Well, tonight. he may have held himself in the third period because he was active and noticeable where Connor Garland wasn't. And I wonder if by yeah. default, if Mikheyev's not ready, do you just go back to what you know? And that's Anthony Beauvillier on that top line. He did create a few opportunities for himself in the third period, but for the most part, yeah, I thought uh, pretty quiet night for that trio as well. Uh, Dakota Joshua had a big hit. Uh, boy, uh, Matthew Coronado. He had a have, couple big hits, to, Joshua. Coronado's going to have to learn in the big leagues. you got to yeah. keep your head up. I mean, he's an undersized guy to begin with, and maybe you can play that way at other levels. But, uh, yeah, he got absolutely crushed by Noah Juleson in the second, and then uh, Joshua caught him in the middle of the ice in the late stages. So I thought maybe we'd see some fireworks, but I also think that uh, mm. players recognize that that's the end of the preseason. Hey, tell Save that it. to Sidney Crosby. You got well, into a yeah. fight tonight when a couple of Buffalo yeah. Sabres hit one of his but teammates. The on the, no, I hear you. They'll see the flames again. I, maybe there's some carryover. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it just didn't feel like the kind of night where gloves were going to come off. No, and, especially after Joshua hits Kadri and high and looked like he targeted him high. Frankly, I, I thought he got away with a little one, uh, a bit of one there earlier in the hockey game, and that didn't cause anything. So I think, you know, basically there was a gentleman's agreement here. We yeah. weren't going to be dropping gloves or getting into too many situations with bubble day looming here, cut down day looming. And of course, Ross said early next week. 
Uh, Rick Tockett this morning had said one of the things he wanted to see was just a better start. Uh, you know, they had four shots on goal out in Abbotsford the other night. We're down one nothing, and they weren't terrible in the first period, but they fell behind. And then you're playing catch up, and they did tie that game uh, on Wednesday. Uh, they couldn't have asked for a better start. First shot on goal, a minute and nine seconds in. Jacob Markstrom didn't look very good. I didn't think on that one, but uh, credit to Brock Besser going to the front of the net. Uh, PDG. Uh, we'll talk about him as this night goes along here, but uh, again, staking his claim, uh, I don't think he's going to get bumped out of that position to start the season at the very least, along with JT Miller and Brock Besser, uh, but some good work along the boards by Giuseppe, and that's what he has to do. I mean, there there have to be a lot of these rink-wide post-game shows where we talk about good work along the boards by Phil Giuseppe. Get it back to Tyler Myers. We've seen one of the themes of the preseason has been goals from defensemen, and of course, those were in such short supply. The Canucks were the lowest scoring team in the NHL when it came to goals from defensemen, and Quinn Hughes with three in the preseason, Carson Soucy the other night out in Abbotsford, and here Tyler Myers, 69 seconds into the hockey game, put the Canucks up one to nothing, and I think that probably just takes the edge off for a team that has wondered, and they've certainly heard the criticism of where are the goals in the preseason. There haven't been enough of them, quite frankly, and, uh, you know, at the end of the night, they outscore the Flames 3-1. to one. I think, Matt, that this is a little bit of the blueprint for this version of the Vancouver yep. Canucks, that this is how they're going to win games. That Trudemko wasn't busy, but he made the saves that he had to. Obviously, you hold the opponents to one. you got to like your chances there. Quite frankly, I think the Calgary Flames are going to play and come up on the short end of a lot of these types of scores as well. That I still want they, – they don't have a game-breaker. Uh, they've got depth, but – you just wonder if there's enough there there from this Calgary team. And you know, again, I, it's preseason, so sure, you cut them a little bit of slack, I suppose. But I, mm-hmm. I, I expected a little bit more of a push. And the Canucks probably did as well in the third period. It just didn't uh, yeah. ever materialize. Um, I mean, pardon the pun, but smothered the flames. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the way that Tockett wants to play. I'm not sure if it's low event, lower event, or lowest event Ooh. hockey. There have been some slogs in this preseason. Yeah. My friend, uh, a, a lot of dumping the puck in, not a ton of puck possession outside of the guys who can really play with the puck. And boy, what a play by Quinn Hughes to skate out of his zone into center, center ice. And then Jeff create an angle where he yeah. can feed Teddy yep. Bluger for a breakaway pass. And Bluger has been extraordinary in this preseason. Boy, worth every penny so far. We'll see what happens when the game's going for real, but if he can replicate this in the regular season, the Canucks have them a fourth line center and they have a penalty killer who should really help what's been a disastrous unit for the last two years. On D Giuseppe. Mm. Uh, first of all, until Talkett throws us that curveball Wednesday with different combinations and pairs, I think Phil D Giuseppe uh, with Miller and Besser was probably the most certain line or pairing that he had. And frankly, since Wednesday, I think is easily the most cemented line or bearing that Rick Tockett has. You look at that first goal. That is exactly what Rick Tockett has preached from the moment he got here. Wall work, board battles, eat a puck, sacrifice. Di Giuseppe just takes the punishment inside the zone to pin that puck against the boards. He gets it up to Miller, who makes a terrific pass to Myers and a nice finish from Tyler Myers. That's the sort of detail and things that you don't necessarily, uh, um, it's a second assist in the box yeah. score, right? Yeah. But it effectively, it creates that goal. If you're looking at who's most responsible, 
for that goal. So I, I think he's absolutely uh, cemented himself beside Miller and Besser. And Jeff, I'm just sitting here sketching what the defense might look like if Carson Soucy is injured on opening night. And quite frankly, based on the way you lined them up tonight and based on the way that it went, and this might be just a little bit of serendipity, but if Susie can't go on Wednesday, Jeff, are we looking at Hughes Roenick? Are we looking at Cole Myers, who I thought were pretty good tonight together, Ian Cole and Tyler Myers? And then you just hope to get by with that third pair of Juleson, and I would think we'll land it over Breesbaugh. Breesbaugh a little banged up, missed tonight. Yeah, now factor in that it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and Zach Hyman didn't play here in that game last Saturday as well. So... Yeah, a bit of a chess match. Rick Tockett's going to have to figure out, uh, do you load up and try to use home ice advantage and the fact that you have last change and those types of things? And is he going to throw JT Miller and his line uh, out against McDavid? And we know that Jay Woodcroft has the luxury of splitting McDavid and Dreisaitl, but pairing them together at yeah. times for a turbo boost. So, you know, that's the game within the game, and we'll see how it all plays down. But we will have to get an update on Susie first and foremost. And, of course, uh, it does implicate, like, if there is an injury here, that is going to be any length of time. And, you know, I, I just, I had this flashback that it was the preseason at home last year. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev got injured against yeah. the Calgary Flames. It was early in the preseason. This is the the final preseason game. But, um, yeah, I mean, you hope for a new player. Uh, and, I, look, Susie wasn't having a great night uh, the no. first period. He and Juleson uh, standing around on that, uh, the, the lone Flames goal, uh, trying to, fish at the puck with their stick. Somebody needed to box out there, take a man, uh, whatever the case. You got They defend. gave up the net front a yeah, little too easily on that goal. I, I do wonder whether or not, uh, and that was the Miller line that was out yeah. there, whether what, somebody needed to pinch down a little bit lower on that goal, see their defense was in some trouble. And, and that sort of brings me to the two worries that I would have about that Miller line going forward. As we know, uh, JT Miller is not a great defensive centerman. The theory has been, boy, Jeff, we've covered the wrong game here tonight. There's a <laughs> there's a kick-ass football game going on at BC Place. Just got a highlight there. Uh, but the, the theory about Besser is that you need to play him with someone who's got some speed because he's not the fleetest of foot, mm-hmm. and you should probably play him with a defensively inclined winger on the other side, but somebody who has got enough offensive skill to hold up. You don't have a lot of pace on the wings with Besser and Di Giuseppe. So I think what's going to be key, the glue to keeping that line together is, is your defensive detail good in your own zone? Because, Hey, if you get beat from time to time with a speed game down the flanks, so be it. But if you got good defensive detail in your own zone, I think that's something that will endear them to coaches. The offense looks like it could really click with that line. So We'll see how they do defensively, but I do think if I had to bet any forward line or defense pair that we have seen in this preseason, and there's been a ton of them, that would be the line we see Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, at the outset of camp, if you told me that uh, things would play out and Phil Giuseppe was going to earn a top six role, I I would have had concerns. But full credit to Phil Giuseppe for the way that he has played, and we talk about, you know, should he be in the top six? Man, those hands that he showed on his goal. I mean, that was a goal scorer's goal. And the goal he scored against the Oilers, standing his ground in front of the net and, and hand-eye coordination and those types of things. So I, I'm not expecting that all of a sudden we're watching a late bloomer who's going to become a goal scorer in the National Hockey League. I still have my concerns. And heading into camp, 
the hope, I think, was that Ilya Mikheyev was going to be an option. I kind of thought he would have been the perfect complement for Miller and Besser to bring some speed and some defensive awareness, but uh, it's looking more and more like you're going to keep that line intact, and whenever uh, Mikheyev gets the green light, he's going to go to the top line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Tyler Myers, Teddy Bluger, and Phil Giuseppe, the goal scorers, Nazem Kadri tied this game at one about five minutes to go in the first period, but really from that point on, uh, the Canucks took over, and Thatcher Demko didn't have to be spectacular, but Demko had a fine preseason. He looked good in Seattle in a loss. He was good at home last week against the Edmonton Oilers and uh, finishes with two victories in his three starts and uh, on to the regular season. Uh, you know he'll be the yeah. guy in goal uh, and an awful lot. Not just opening night, he's going to play and play yes. a bunch, and uh, it looks like he's in form here as uh, he puts the preseason behind him. Required Vancouver. As always, a presentation of Bodog. And speaking of the NHL opening night, it gets going Tuesday, Jeff. Yes. Blackhawks, Penguins, North Vancouver's Connor Bedard, his first NHL game against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. And, oh, by the by, it happens to be the Penguins' debut of Eric Carlson as well. So I'm going to go over six and a half goals in that game. We tend to see a lot of scoring in October. We yep. tend to see a lot of penalties and a lot of power plays. Defensive systems and structures don't yet take hold. So give me the over 6.5 goals, Blackhawks and Penguins on Tuesday. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Canucks close out the preseason 3-1 over the Calgary Flames. This is rink-wide Vancouver. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. Vancouver Canucks winners on home ice on Friday night. The Calgary Flames 3-1. And we spoke a fair bit about Phil DiGiuseppe there. You mentioned Teddy Bluger. We want to jump back in on him because uh, we're going to get to the rink-wide Vancouver three stars of this hockey game. And spoiler alert, Teddy Bluger will factor into them as he did that night in Edmonton 10 days ago where he was terrific, maybe the best Canuck in uniform against the Oilers then. And so, yeah, there's been a couple of really nice preseason performances. Uh, a guy that's uh, attention to detail, you know, that fits with what Rick Tockett is looking for, responsible defensively. Uh, the penalty kill, really, it is one of the stories of the preseason. It sure is, Jeff. I was just going to say that. Two for two tonight. More than that, though, just two Calgary shots on goal. Like, they really are doing the things you have to do to be successful on the penalty kill, eliminate opportunities, uh, deny entries. They've been really aggressive in that regard. And Carson Soucy has his faults five on five, but he's been a part of the penalty kill, and so... Uh, I know Rick Tockett saying after the game didn't have an update. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but keep that in mind, too, that that has been an area where Carson Soucy has contributed. Ian Cole uh, has been a huge part of that. But I want to focus on Bluger because it's funny. You know, every guy comes into every season and they're asked about their goal totals from the year before. And they always tell you that they think they've got more to give. Well, you mentioned it, Matt. If Teddy Bluger shares the ice with Quinn Hughes, and Quinn Hughes is able to spring him for breakaways? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he can up his point totals from a year ago. He's never been a double-digit goal scorer in the National Hockey League in Pittsburgh, traded to Vegas at the deadline last year. So you know, I don't think there's high hopes, but he doesn't have to be a big-time goal scorer. He's going to contribute in other ways. And if the preseason's in any indication, 
uh, absolute upgrade on what they've yeah. had in the bottom six in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, credit Teddy with finishing that great pass from Quinn Hughes. He is not without hands, and I'm with you. I'd be surprised to see 10 goals, but he doesn't necessarily have to to be an effective player and a good signing for this Vancouver Canucks hockey club on the penalty kill, Jeff. I mean, it is such a joy to watch and compared to last <laughs> year. Well, they just, there's yeah. a calm, there's a serenity, there's a purpose, there's a structure. They're blocking shots. They're forcing guys to go wide. Teddy Bluger's outstanding at the point, harassing who was ever trying to quarterback that power, that, uh, that power play. And you got to love the aggressiveness and you got to love how that's been the constant through the preseason. And I would, I would surmise Jeff, that might've been the biggest worry, the biggest consternation going into this season for the Vancouver Canucks. You have been absolutely abhorrent killing penalties for two consecutive years. You invested in these guys to come on in and fix that. And so far, they look like they are the antidote, and I would put Teddy Bluger at the top of the list with what he's doing, just um, preventing teams from even getting set up in the offensive zone. So he's been a revelation. Yeah, I, I keep asking myself, like, is it possible that their biggest weakness could be a strength? Now, time mm-hmm. has to play out here, and you open against the best power play in the NHL uh, times two because they see the Oilers uh, home and home to get things going, but they also... You know, they see the Leafs in the early going. They see Dallas. They see the New York Rangers, a bunch of teams Tampa, that had. Florida. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These teams that had good power play. So it's great. It looks good now. It's only the preseason. And now, you know, we'll see if the proof will be in this pudding. But the signs are certainly there. And they are encouraging without a doubt. And again, I just love how aggressive they are on the penalty kill. Uh, you look at the numbers tonight. Teddy Bluger, uh, he's up over two minutes of penalty killing time. Ian Cole led the team two minutes and 47 seconds. Neil Zaman at 2.04. Uh, you know, and those are some of the guys, although it was interesting to me that the first forwards over the boards and the first two, well, there were only the two penalty kills, JT Miller and Elias Pettersson. So uh, Rick Tockett started wow. with sort of the power kill guys, but was able to work in others. Dakota Joshua certainly saw some penalty kill time. Bluger, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, so they've got guys that can do the job. They've got guys that were brought in to do the job. Pia Suter can be a penalty killer, although uh, he wasn't utilized as one uh, in this hockey game. Phil DiGiuseppe certainly has seen a little bit of time as PK forward. So, you know, those are the guys that uh, they're going to lean on here, and uh, we'll see what it looks like once they start playing for keeps uh, on Wednesday night. And rightfully so. You need depth at that spot. So Pedersen and Miller, the power kill, as you call them, absolutely. That's going to be, I would suspect, a, a duo at different times this season, if not right out of the shoot. But what you love about it, Jeff, is that you know, even though Pedersen and Miller were the first two over the boards tonight, you absolutely feel good about putting Bluger and somebody else out there first and maybe taking a few of those taxing minutes away from Elias Pedersen and JT Miller, which should help you over the long game. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we, we have followed this storyline through the preseason about the lack of depth scoring. And on the whole, I mean, they played six preseason games and scored 11 goals total. So didn't even average two per game, and that included five against the Edmonton Oilers in the one game, almost half of their total right then and there. So offense isn't humming along to start the season, but as we said, I think this is sort of the blueprint for this group that there are going to be low event nights, and you hope that Thatcher Demko holds down the fort and maybe you only need three to win, where last year you were giving up two 
uh, power play goals and digging yourself a hole and you needed four or five goals to win. Uh, you know, I think that is where the whole coaching philosophy of Rick and strategy and structure and all those buzzwords uh, are going to come into play. Uh, let's get to the rink-wide three stars of this hockey game. and we'll Let go- me just say, Jeff, uh, just sorry, yeah. but uh, I noticed what was uh, one of the topics today at Canucks Conversation and Canucks Army and in by the way, congratulations. The third tour of <laughs> yes. duty with the Army for J-Pat coming up. Weekly column. And they were talking about five-on-five five scoring, Jeff. And I think one of the low-key things that hasn't gotten as much run this preseason as we've all talked about the Canucks and what kind of team they're going to be is, okay, can you really count on being as good offensively as you were last year? We know how much Bo Horvat contributed in that bumper spot in the power play early. I mean, we were talking about a 50-goal season, yeah. whatever it was. You're 13th in goals four last year, which is good, but like, let's not get crazy here. Mm-hmm. It's not great. You were 11th, if I'm not mistaken, on the power play, which is good again. Uh, you're actually, your net power play was even worse than that because you were giving up some shorties. We were down at 17th. And five-on-five goals, which is what Canucks Army and Canucks Conversation were talking about. Where are you five-on-five? Because you can still see a world, Jeff, where when the top six isn't going, that bottom six could be a desert as well. We'll see what happens. Again, they could very well be playing lower-scoring games, which means that area isn't quite as pronounced. And I think, you know, when you take a look at the personnel – I think Rick Talk and the coaching staff would take a saw off their bottom six versus any other bottom six. If there's no blood there, take your chances with the top six. But goals but goals, and goal scoring certainly becomes a curiosity going into the season based on what we've seen in this preseason. Yeah, and look, Brock Besser had a bunch of assists, four of them, in fact, in the game against Edmonton. He had uh, an assist on the DiGiuseppe goal, uh, nifty little play off the skates to the center of the ice. Hey, but, he's out of moats now, I mean, Jeff. Well, he's... that's just, that's it. I mean, Brock Besser <laughs> didn't score in the preseason. And for a guy that always talks about, you know, getting that mojo going and getting off to a good start, Brock Besser watches already begun and they haven't played a game yet uh, in the regular season. Uh, Connor Garland did score in Seattle. That was his one goal. Bovillier didn't score in the preseason. Uh, Kuzmenko had the one goal, five on three against the Oilers last week. Uh, and again, didn't do an awful lot in this hockey game tonight. So yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of guys that... Uh, can go into the preseason saying that uh, they think they're at or near the top of their games. But I guess the encouraging part is they beat the Flames and a fairly full roster of Calgary Flames and didn't need Pedersen and Messer, uh, Miller and Kuzmenko. You get goals from Bluger, DiGiuseppe, and, and a defenseman chips in. And again, am I expecting big things from this Canucks defense core? No, but when you were dead last in any statistical category, you want to believe that you can improve on that, that you can better that. And so the fact that they have had some defensemen chipping in here in the preseason, I mean, the breakdown is six forwards scored or goals from six forwards in the preseason and five goals from defensemen. There are your 11 goals in the six games that they played. Let's get to the rink-wide Vancouver three-star selection. Uh, Again, the three stars in the building – were DiGiuseppe Hughes and Demko in that order? And it certainly uh, worked those into the conversation. But uh, mm-hmm. rink-wide, we go out on our own. We do our own thing here. Yeah. We do the heavy lifting uh, on our own. And so uh, 
I got Teddy Bluger as my first star. I'm surprised yeah. that he didn't factor into the ones in the rank. But uh, again, there Bluger were... or D. Giuseppe, I thought yeah. one of them for sure. So I got Teddy Bluger, and again, a really good preseason for him. I uh, had the chance in the second period before he scored, uh, where he was denied by Jacob Markstrom, but uh, uh, was around the puck. He set up Dakota Joshua as well in the first period off the rush. Mm-hmm. And Joshua missed the net by about 10 feet. And I could imagine if Rick Tockett had some hair, he was probably pulling it out because <laughs> throughout the preseason, he talked about his guys missing the net too often. And I thought that was a perfect example. Dakota Joshua, you, you make the goalie make a save. Don't make uh, life easy on uh, an opposing goaltender in that situation. But uh, that line was uh, revving things up and, and, I uh, had a nice night, and so I thought Teddy Bluger was among the best Canucks. I've got him as uh, my first star uh, or our first star. And then I go to PDG, who yeah. uh, a goal and an assist. Again, like not expecting a ton of offense, but the numbers don't lie in the preseason at the very least. We'll see if he can carry that over uh, starting on Wednesday night. Bluger, he scores a goal. He has another chance. As you say, he sets up Dakota Joshua. He's on his knees making a play to get the puck out on the penalty kill, pressuring the point. And, oh, by the by, he looked like he was in some pain there. Yeah. He looks like he might join Carson Soucy in the dressing room. It was the same shift they came back from, and both looked like they were in some pain. So, no, a, a marvelous effort for Teddy Bluger, uh, for Teddy Bluger tonight. And and I thought Bluger and Dee Giuseppe were the easy choices as your two best Canucks. Yeah. See, I, although we do kind of take cues for granted, and he was splendid again tonight. <laughs> no, you're right. He played nine minutes of the third period. They were down to five D. But I, I mean, the last thing he needs is you know big minutes in the the final preseason game. But he is Quinn Hughes, and they're going to work him an awful lot. Uh, my third star is Ian Cole, though, and I think on a lot of nights he's going to fly under the radar. But the contributions he makes are going to be valuable. And we talked about him leading this team in. Uh, shorthanded ice time in the hockey game plays 22 minutes and 21 seconds uh, essentially on the second pair but once Susie left you, you kind of wheeling your defenseman through all sorts of combinations but the start of this game uh, as the second pairing guy on the left side along with Tyler Myers so uh, Ian Cole has just kind of quietly gone about his business and been as advertised uh, 22 minutes 21 seconds a couple of shots on goal four total attempts on the night and the individual Corsi you know, 70%, the shots were 11 to 5 in the Canucks' favor. So basically a 2 to 1 margin uh, when he was on the ice at even strength. And that's what you want to see is just get, keep the puck out of your end. Uh, you know, he's not spectacular, but he's got the veteran savvy just to make the simple play, move it up, and and away you go and get it out of trouble and get it out to, to the attack. So uh, Teddy Bluger, PDG, and I've got Ian Cole as uh, the rink-wide Vancouver three stars of this hockey an appropriate choice as third star given the way the game went and given that the penalty killing once again was terrific for the vancouver canucks i'll say this jeff if um if three goals is going to be good enough to win the vancouver canucks hockey games this year number one we as fans and media watching it may not be quite as entertained as we have been in the past but i'm sure for the sake of the fans they'll take each and every w over the entertainment value Secondly, that probably means some combination or you run the channel of good goaltending, good defensive play, and good penalty killing. And I think you can say they ran that channel tonight. That Demko was good. Yep. As you mentioned, a star in the building. The defensive play was good. Two of the three pairs were excellent, I thought. And thirdly, the penalty killing, which again, had a perfect evening. So 
those sorts of um, metrics, I think, are going to matter to Rick Tockett. And uh, if those sorts of things have taken root here in the games they played for Tockett last year and what they've been able to play here in the in these six preseason games, then that bodes very well for the Vancouver Canucks and a better start than what we have seen the last two years. Yeah, they win it 3-1 to one on Friday. They outshoot the Flames 31-18. to 18. They hold Calgary to four shots in the third period and 12 shots over the final 40 minutes. So good third period. The Canucks with a wide 11-4 shots on goal advantage. Drink wide is presented in part, Matt, by the Applewood Auto Group. Yeah, and right now celebrating 25 years of Applewood, you can get... No charge maintenance packages with purchase. Invite you to get out to Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Richmond, Applewood Nissan Surrey, where the new Nissan Leafs and Rogues are available. The QX50, QX60 from Infinity. You can lease it from 3.99%, plus a chance to win $25,000. See dealer for details because it's all good at Applewood. 3-1, Canucks over the Flames. This is rink-wide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place. Kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one. Playoff football, BC Place. The Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them. The Dome will be rocking. Should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com. And check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. A couple things to get to before we call it a night here on Rinkwide Vancouver. Uh, we'll get to the stat that stands out. And we've got a couple of uh, things to, to look through there on the stat sheet, the final stat sheet from Rogers Arena. Uh, I wanted to mention, because I, I tweeted this out in the pregame, there are people that seem to be losing their mind that Casey DeSmith was still wearing Pittsburgh Penguin-colored equipment. He had a new mask at the morning skate, but was still going with the white and yellow. Uh, the new gear has arrived. Uh, he was wearing it for warm-up, so uh, rest easy when the regular season starts. The Canucks will have two goaltenders uh, with yeah. matching equipment. and uh, He's... Uh... He's not playing Wednesday anyways, unless things go I, off plan for the Vancouver. I Canucks. wonder when he'll make his first start. I mean, Honestly, there's no, there's no back-to-backs. No. Well, not till St. Louis and the Rangers. Right, but on the road trip, I mean. They, right. And the other part is the, the back-to-back St. Louis and the Rangers, they're both at home. No travel. Mm-hmm. It's conceivable that Thatcher Demko could play both of those. The next back-to-back is on that Eastern Canadian road trip in November. I, I wonder... When will we see Casey DeSmith actually get a start at Rogers Arena if he doesn't get one of those two on the back-to-backs in the last weekend of October? He's here as the backup. He knows his role. This is Thatcher Demko's team, and they are going to ride Thatcher Demko. Uh, It's going to be certainly a storyline to follow. There's no question they need to get off to a good start. They need Demko uh, to play like he did down the stretch when he came back from the injury, and I do think that uh, he has to feel good about his preseason. I thought he was really good in Seattle in a losing cause and then the two home games Mm -hmm. that he played. You know, again, maybe the best thing is that he wasn't all that busy, just the four shots in the third period, and didn't have to make five alarm saves. And that's a, I'm sure that's a delightful change for him after the last couple of seasons when, you know, when he's been on his game, part of it, uh, they've needed him to be on his game because they've just been giving up so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're playing tighter in their own zone, and uh, we'll see if that can carry over 
into the regular season, starting on Wednesday at home against the Edmonton Oilers and then out on the five, uh, on the road for five with uh, game two of the season in Edmonton, the rematch against the Oilers, and then on to Philadelphia, Tampa, Florida, and they finish up the road trip yeah. in Nashville against the Predators. I, I wonder if he gets that Florida game uh, on the second Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that would be a third and five games, or a third and five days for Thatcher Demko plus five in a row off the top. So I wonder if he maybe gets that Florida game. If not, I think it probably is not until the back-to-back on the 27th and 28th. Yeah, we we made a fair bit coming into the game of the pairing of Hughes and Ronick. We haven't really talked a lot about Philip Ronick. Uh, It kind of flies under the radar, some second unit power play time. Uh, It was up near 21 minutes, and again, they were down to 5D in the third, so everybody's ice time a little bit uh, inflated. But Philip Ronick certainly can handle 21 minutes uh, when he's on his game, and I think he's had a decent preseason as well for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I haven't seen. Thought he fought the puck a little bit tonight, Ronick. Did I see him playing in the Quinn Hughes spot on one of the power plays? I want to say in the second period, Jeff, he seemed to be at the top of the diamond. I wonder if that was experimentation or at least just get him a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a run with the other first unit power play guys. But look, we talked about it on Sakarison Price today, Jeff. It took them until the sixth preseason game to decide we want to go with our best lefty and our best righty on the same pair. Now, it could well be committee. And what Talkett has been talking about, everybody's going to have to play with Quinn Hughes. And, of course, some of this is rooted in the Tampa system of a lot of guys getting different run with Victor Hedman because he's going to play so much down there for the Bolts. So uh, I went into this going, okay, either it's smacks of desperation and Talkett says, I don't want any of these other guys playing with Hughes or it's part of the committee from what I saw tonight. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were good. I think they can certainly get better, but I do wonder about the wisdom of having both your guys who could be anchors uh, of their own pair on the same pair. You tell me you've been at more practices. You've sat there and talked to talk it more over the course of this preseason. Do you think this is something he's going to go with, or do you think this was just, you know, something in the vein of we've got to get some time for Heronic beside Hughes because that's going to be we know that's going to be a thing late in games, Jeff, when they need a goal because those are your two best puck movers, your two best offensive defensemen, so they're absolutely going to play with each other late in games when you need a goal. But do you see this pair being a thing? at regular times in neutral situations during hockey games? And do you see it being a thing Wednesday when we get going for real? I think it's quite possible we see it Wednesday just because of the McDavid factor. But again, if Jay Woodcroft splits McDavid and Dreisaitl, if you're loading up one defensive pair that's exposing, uh, the rest of this group need to know a little bit more. If Carson Soucy can't play, yeah, you know, now you're looking at a third pair that's really probably Will Lannan and Juleson. How much are they going to play? You can spot mm-hmm. them at home, but if you take them out on the road for game two, don't have last change. It's tough to shelter them in those situations. And you know, in the NHL, I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to try and jump uh, the Canucks third pairing there. So uh, there are some balls in the air here when it comes to the Canucks defense. And best case scenario would be that Carson Soucy uh, dodges a bullet here a couple days off before they start playing. I'm not sure what their weekend schedule is. Uh, the Raptors are playing a basketball game at Rogers Arena on Sunday. So Sunday could very well be a full day off for the Canucks, but 
I do think that uh, in and around that, there's going to be some practice days. Of course, they've got to set their roster on Monday, and uh, there are some decisions, and, and Susie's condition will factor into all of that, as will Ilya Mikheyev and his readiness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots of moving parts here, but I could see I could <laughs> see my, uh, Hughes and, and Hironic playing together. I'm not in favor. I, again, I just don't think that they've got enough depth, one through six, to load up with one yeah. sort of mega pair and then take your chances with the... I think it's telling that it took this yep. late to actually see them see them together. I mean, the way Cole and Myers played tonight, I think you would be comfortable with them against one of the Oilers' bigger guns. But, you know, as we know with Tyler Myers, one night could be decent, the next night a, a total adventure. And I, he's been good. I, I he, he's had a no, he's been, he's been like, quite good, uh, I, I think, Jeff. In fact... But I think that speaks to appropriately slotted, but and surrounding him with better, better lefties players yeah. than yep. they've had here. Mm-hmm. When you think they use sixteen defensemen yep. all told last year, so hopefully just by insulating him, uh, you know they're still going to be the mistakes. That's that you have to expect that with Tyler Myers, there's going to be some issues and running mm-hmm. around in your own zone. But if Ian Cole can be a bit of uh, an eraser in that regard and mop yeah. up and, and clean up some of the mistakes. And then, you know, last line of defense obviously is Demko there and, and hoping that uh, he can ultimately uh, make some saves. And, hey, Thatcher Demko is going to make Tyler Myers a better defenseman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like how you use the word eraser with Cole, because I think that's appropriate given uh, the occasional chaos giraffe moment for Tyler Myers. Answer me this, Jeff. Because this is the second straight year where they haven't been at Rogers Arena a lot, and of course, no practice facility. Do you think that's hurt them at all this year? Rutherford said that hurt them last year. And then, secondly, what's the status of the building in those new super luxury seats? Oh, because it sounded still construction. It is. This morning, it was a hard hat area at the morning skate, and. Uh, I don't know that that new restaurant and lounge underneath the stands is going to be ready for opening night. Uh, there's still work being done in and around the Canucks locker room. I mean, the room itself, the interior <laughs> of the dressing room, but they've changed the entry point and there's still some work going on in the hallways outside of the locker room. So uh, that's going to be a busy few days for the construction group, particularly with, as you say, the basketball game yeah, in there. Well, that's, I mean, the transitioning from ice and laying down a basketball floor and, concerts in there all week so it's an active building without a doubt and uh yeah we'll see but uh in terms of you know being here and there and morning skate for all well, i guess the the guys that played naps for didn't have a skate but the ones that didn't play uh they skated out at ubc they've been using ubc an awful lot yeah i think the players understand it. whether they like it or not they didn't come as a surprise i think last year the construction at rogers arena caught some people off guard and uh, I think that they understand it. And again, it does. It drives home the point of having your own practice facility where you control the schedule and the ice is always available for you and all those types of things. But um, it is what it is. And here we go. Uh, six games of the preseason are behind them now. Uh, they go in feeling a little bit better about themselves after a 3-1 win over the Calgary Flames. 2-3-1 and one were the Vancouver Canucks in exhibition games. And of course, uh, it started with that 10 nothing disaster against the Flames at the Saddledome. Uh, but all that's a thing in the past. Uh, the present is the stat that stands out. And for me, it's the fact that uh, in six preseason games, they gave up three power play goals. And two of them came in that 10 nothing loss. Yeah. So after that, the last five games, 
one power play goal against. Right. Their penalty kill in the preseason, 20 for 23, it's almost 87%. Yeah. And really, the measure is the last five games. Yes. When you had NHL players there, as opposed to the AHL team you sent to Calgary to play NHL Penalty kill that was 71.6 at the end of last season, and that was with a bit of a run in November of last last year. In November, it was hovering around 60%, which, I mean, it was just so atrocious, and it killed them on way too many nights. So uh, of all the things that they accomplished in the preseason here, uh, going 87% of the penalty kill, is uh, it represents a, a big step forward. So for me, that's the stat that stands out two for two on this night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, we should mention as well, uh, AG1. Right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1. and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Rinkwide Vancouver. That's drinkag1.com slash rinkwide Vancouver and check it out. Preseason is still a little too long for my liking, but uh, it's, it's over and we don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And now it uh, is on to games that do matter for the Vancouver Canucks and the 82 game marathon that is the regular season that starts on Wednesday. Rinkwide Vancouver is going to be there every step of the way, home and away for the Canucks. We will be here with you after games, delivering the goods, breaking it all down. Looking forward to the season ahead where this season takes the Vancouver Canucks. Nobody knows. Nobody's got the crystal ball. That's why they play the games and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Can they end a three-year playoff drought? They're going to be in tough in a division that had four 100 point teams last year. And then you've got this Calgary team that uh, thinks that it's going to be in the conversation. Although uh, you're watching a night like this and the flames with just one goal. And I, I, I'm not really sure what to make of the Calgary flames, but that's for, Right. And other Calgary <laughs> podcasts to, to worry about. What I'd say is every year I think Calgary's going to be up, they're down. Every year I think they're going to be down, they're up. They lost 30, 3 0. Yeah. One goal hockey games last year. Jeff, law of averages, they have to be better in close games this year. I mean, but that's where you need a game breaker a lot of nights. No, and for that, sure. And that's Th- there's the- a reason behind that statistic. And Jonathan Huberdeau was not a game breaker for them last year, as he was for Florida two years earlier. But you have to think the record in one goal games corrects itself yes. somewhat. And that puts some more points in Calgary's ledger. Not to mention, I think that's a happier group of hockey players this yep. year than it was last year. So you got to wonder about Calgary as well as you know, the push from below is St. Louis going to be better than what they were last year. I look at their team on paper and say, I think that's better than what they, than what they showed last year. And then of course, Nashville, Seattle, Winnipeg, the other teams that were hovering around that playoff bar. Hockey season is upon us. Canucks and the Oilers on Wednesday. That'll be the first of our regular season rink-wide Vancouver. So we're already counting down the hours until the puck drops at Rogers arena for that one. Uh, before then, though, it is Thanksgiving weekend here in this country of ours. So uh, uh, have yourselves a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some time with the family and uh, and then get ready for the season that starts. As Matt said earlier, it uh, starts on Tuesday with mm-hmm. some, uh, Matt, I think there's three games on Tuesday and then all of the Canadian teams, including the Canucks and the Oilers, uh, get it going on Wednesday night. Rick White Vancouver is a presentation of Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds for Matt Sakaris. I'm Jeff Patterson. Thanks so much for listening. Canucks beat the Flames three to one. That's it for the preseason. Bring on the games that matter.